0: From WDBM East Lansing, this is The Undercurrent. A weekly radio show that brings you audio narratives produced by students at Michigan State University.
1: Art and science are both strong components of life here in East Lansing. They're often considered to be opposite of one another, yet they may be more similar than most people realize. There's a new movement within the scientific community hoping to bridge this gap and use science art to express themselves and show how connected seemingly different parts of life can really be. Renee Leone, a former therapist and founder of the MSU Science Festival, sat down with me to talk about her experiences and thoughts on the emerging subject and how the recent grand opening of her science art store, Cork, located on the main strip of Grand River, hopes to introduce and demystify science for everyday people and students alike.
0: I'm Renee Leone. My business is Quark, and I just opened in August of this year. So I've only been open for almost three months now. And it is a business that offers gifts at, that I feel are at the intersection of science, art, and everyday. And those things are important to me. <laughs> I have always loved art and I've always loved science, and to bring them together is very exciting to me. How I got here has a little bit to do with why I am in East Lansing. My path has been a bit securitous and uh, not by any means a straight shot. So <laughs> I started out as a therapist and I worked in the mental health field for a long time and then my husband and I we moved here to Michigan over 20 years ago. And when we moved here I decided to just take a little bit of a break and pursue other interests that I had in in art. So I love the four-dimensional element of garden design. So I had the fortune of working with some a couple of incredible garden designers. And biology and art are all interconnected there. Basically, I, I pursued that, and that took me into other areas and other medium, which I really enjoyed. So that art element is part of my life as well. But when... We welcomed our son. We decided that we also wanted to explore, um, you know, what educational options there were. So I reconnected with the Maria Montessori and her work and her great lessons and her whole educational curriculum is just fantastic. And it really, I fell back in love with the sciences again in that curriculum. It, the sciences are all interconnected, and there's a large component of art to that as well, art to the lessons, art to the work that's done. So I was able to bring together many of the things that I've been interested in all my life up to that point uh, in, into my work as a, uh, I, I got certified, by the way, as a Montessori director. So <laughs> I taught for several years as a directress. And then my husband's work took me to and our family to Cambridge, England, and I experienced my first science festival and it was just fantastic. So when we came back to um, uh, the Lansing area, I thought, gee, Michigan State University, we've got a community here that is just all about science and love science. And I thought that they would really, we all would really enjoy uh, the elements of a science festival, which is basically world-class scientists sharing the work that they do through free presentations, demonstrations, hands-on activities, tours, open houses, science cafes, observatory nights, and planetarium nights. It's fantastic. And I pitched it, they liked it, they asked me to run it, so I did. And I ran the festival for about five years before passing the baton on to the next person who was as passionate about it as I was. So it was a really easy transition. But I've always wanted, and it had been percolating in my head even before I left the the science festival that, I would love to offer and develop a store that offered gifts that reflected back to people their passions about science, their connection to science in our everyday life. How many great people, great scientists, well-known scientists were also artists. You know, Einstein was a musician. Uh, Santiago Ramon Cajal was, was you know, a famous neuroscientist and he was an artist. Uh, Maria Sebelia Mar- Marianne, I believe is how you pronounce her name, hundreds and hundreds of years ago she was a pioneer in studying insects and her art is well known Uh, and so you you see that throughout history but you also see it today people being inspired by what they see through the microscope and wanting to share that and express it
1: science art in general has become a movement of its own and i want to talk a bit about how you think you fit into the into the movement. What are your thoughts on how Cork can bridge the intersection of, of science and art?
0: I tend to feel that what I do and Hope My Store does is kind of break down some of those barriers that we often think are between us and science or us and art. I often encounter people, and I myself at one time, thinking, oh, well, science... That, that part of science isn't quite for me, or science, I hear, isn't isn't my thing. I like talking with, with people because inevitably they'll mention something that they enjoy or they're a hobbyist in or enjoy doing, and there is that link. I remember specifically speaking to one. Young man who was like, "Oh, I don't. I'm not into science. I'm going to be a rock star." And I was like, "Oh, that's fantastic. You're going to want to take care of those vocal cords, though." And uh, it was just, you know, the just basic physiology. And and when we think about, I mean, we all have to go to the doctor, right? And my feeling is is that just a basic understanding of of the sciences around us. Enriches and and grounds us. There's a part of the therapist in me that still thinks that the more we understand our world, even on a very basic level, I think that lends some security to and confidence in engaging with the world and asking those questions. Because the first thing that you'll find out in science is that there's always a dozen more questions, and those dozens are going to breed more questions. So nobody needs to feel as if. I'm supposed to have the answer. It's the, it's all about asking questions. And so I think it levels the playing field.
1: So science is a very technical field and it can sometimes be unapproachable for, for everyday people. So how can science be made more appealing to the mass population? How can it be made approachable to someone who has not had a lot of experience in science or art?
0: I think more exposure to it and communication, good communication about it, a big part of my work at the science festival is providing as many tools as I can to the presenters on how they communicated the science. It's interesting because uh, I, I I've read and listened to a lot of stories about communication in the sciences and just how important that is. In fact, Alan Alda is a real advocate for that. He's the actor for MASH and was a spokesperson for Scientific American, did a lot of their shows. He's not a scientist, but one of the best things that he, he learned how to do is just ask the questions, you know, and be curious. That's the one thing you need. And so long as you're able and interested in, in engaging and pursuing the things that you're really interested in. I think that the barriers and the intimidation that can go along with science starts to break down. That's part of what you know: science cafes, science festivals, science stores, I think the more we bring that into society, the more comfortable we become with it. Demystifying it is one of the things letting people see that scientists and scientists and people interested in science are all around us. We, we, they're our friends, they're our family, they're, you know, it's, it's um, sometimes the unknown that goes on behind the, the doors and the buildings on college campuses or in laboratories, it's a mystery. And so the more we talk about it, I think uh, the less intimidating and, uh, it can be. And that's part of what the store is about as well. You know, it's it's bringing it not, not just, I like to say that the store is not just for scientists. It's for anybody who's curious, because whether you're a, a gardener, you know, the botany material is going to be really interesting to you. If you're an ornithologist or just a bird watcher, the, the bird items that we have in the store are going to be interesting. There's a lot of crossover there, a lot of interconnection. They're not separate worlds by any stretch.
1: And we've seen the idea of of science arts, uh, a more universal term, become a more accepted term. Uh, Just last year, Michigan State had an entire exhibit that was focused on science art. Do you see the the value of science art becoming a more mainstream topic?
0: Yes, I do. I, I think that that's really important. I think the more appreciative we are of the things that we have in our lives and what it takes to create them and have them in our lives. I think when we think about the chemistry of paints or, you know, we might have uh, ceramics in our home that we love or were given to us or, or whatnot. I think it's important to have that term because it's all Part of us all understanding how our world works, how we work. And the more we bridge, the more we're going to understand. Okay. Science
1: is all about, you know, the, the, the scientific method. It's about bringing a question, doing, doing the research, doing the experiments, and then coming up with a result, which ends up usually just leading to more questions. And that is a part of, of all of our lives every day. Now, whether that is uh, going into a lab and looking at bacteria through a microscope, or just figuring out what kind of paint you want to color your walls, uh, what kind of allergies people have, there's parts of, of people's lives that are affected by by science. Having the bridge, as you said, shows that you know everything is connected. Uh, science, art, it, it's all can be seen through the same lens.
0: Right, right. There's more connecting than there is disconnecting. And in fact, there really isn't that much of a disconnect. It's just if we, we choose to see it, you know, it's, it, it's there.
1: How have you seen art and science be able to connect?
0: Artists and scientists are going for a similar thing to understand and express something about their world and themselves and their experience to better understand it, to explore it. When that's done well and skillfully, it moves us forward. We learn something about ourselves. You know, there's there's science and then there's technology, the application of, of the science, right? And then you have art and the artist, and then, you know, you might say that there's decor and how we bring it into our lives. Those are both super valuable because we bring into our lives things that reflect our interests, reflect a part of ourselves into that. And artists enable us to do that. So there are objects in my store that are created by uh, artists to reflect back our interests and our wonder about the world around us. There are also certain objects that are a combination of the creators artistic vision and lots of science. So we have these globes that are amazing to me. Not only are they visually beautiful and inspiring. And that's that's one of the things that I like about all the the objects in the story is that for me they are all inspiring. You know, I look at them and and am inspired and they bring me joy because they reflect back to me things that I love. But these globes, for instance, they, they always catch people's eyes when they, they walk in. They rotate on a stand and they're celestial representations. So there's Venus, there's Earth, there's constellations, Jupiter, Mars, and Titan. And so there's an artistic representation of these celestial bodies. And then they rotate within this glass orb. And it's surrounded by an engineered fluid that allows the inner part to rotate with very, very little friction. So uninterrupted smooth rotation, but it rotates because there are imperceptible solar cells in there and magnets. And so it works with the earth's magnetic field and ambient light. So when the sun goes down, they slow down and they stop. And so this artistic representation is chock full of science. And it's interesting, too, because I see this in many other things, you know, just as we see artists who like Audubon, who has drawn these beautiful birds, we have artists who are creating the the earrings uh, that represent Hubble or DNA or one of the tote bags we have are the equations that change the world. I find that fascinating and I'm not a mathematician, you know, <laughs> you know, when when we get. Back images from Hubble, for instance, of various celestial locations like net objects such, such as nebula or galaxies, it's the artists that help us understand that more. A lot of the data that they're getting has to do with temperatures and other fingerprints, so to speak, of the, the, the gases and the chemicals and the elements that are within these, these masses. And it's the artists that assign different colors to these temperatures or elements that allow us to see a better representation of what's happening in these locations in space. It gives us the depth, the perspective, and the complexity of what's going on there. And so it's really interesting to me how the two worlds come together in those ways. And just just in the same way, you know, it's the advances in engineering, material science, and architectural design that made something as fascinating to look at as the MSU Broad Museum. I remember the science festival had architectural tours. And so an architect would come through. In fact, one of one of my dear friends is an architect and she did one of the tours. She would point out different periods of time and the different architectural designs that were made possible because of advances in the sciences And the the buildings are are designed and there's a real artistic element to to those buildings and how they're they're created. So it's, it's really interesting. That's another way that science and art intersect in our world.
1: And there are so many ways, you know, people can relate to different parts of science and different parts of art and it's about realizing that it is interconnected and there are parts that everyone can relate to.
0: Yes, yes. You think about the math, mathematics and the, just even the basic geometry of drawing a picture and gaining perspective and our buildings and designing our cities. And I mean, there's a whole lot more to it than that. But when you, when you break it down, there's a lot of that there, too. Uh, there's there's kind of a curtain that closes down and separates the two worlds and i love throwing that up you know (laughs) we we need
1: to see this science is truly a part of all aspects of life and the arts are no different thank you for tuning in to this scientifically minded episode of the undercurrent on wdbm 89FM.